Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. Uh, welcome to another episode of Money Making Women. Can I just take this moment briefly to say thank you to all of you who've left reviews? They're so lovely to read. If you've got a moment and um, you're enjoying the podcast, I would love if you'd go to it's I think it's only on Apple Podcasts you can leave the reviews, but if you pop there and leave us a review, they make a real difference to other people, the algorithm stuff. So to other people being able to find the podcast. And I'm getting so much good feedback on on what we're doing here. And um, uh, it's been a surprise joy of my life, uh, this podcast, this year, of my business, I should say. So today's episode is with the brilliant Fleur Emery. Fleur runs Do Real Work, which is an online co-working space. She explains how that works during the episode. And what I loved about this episode is that as Fleur, after we'd done this interview a couple of months ago now, I think, as Fleur said, we got off to a slightly rocky start in that I brought up a post that Fleur was a bit like, yeah, a post of hers. that she was like, I don't really stand by that now. So you'll see how that plays out. But we recovered well. We did well. And it was just really lovely to speak to Fleur. She's such an experienced entrepreneur, essentially. And it's so nice to hear from people with her level of experience in this space. And I think it's really important as well. So um, I hope you enjoy the episode. Like I said, leave us a review if you're liking what we're doing. And let me know on Instagram. Somebody asked me actually the other day, like, how can I share what's going on? So best ways to support us uh, or support what, what I'm doing with this podcast is take a screen grab, share it on your stories or go and leave us a review. That's probably the best things you can do. So enjoy my episode with Fleur. A huge welcome to Fleur Emery, who is joining me today for um, this episode of Money Making Women. And also, I've already said this to Fleur before we even started, but I'm going to say it again, a thank you for her patience, because I am a big believer in doing things imperfectly. And I, I practice that daily very, very well. And um, when I started out this podcast, I started to invite people, but I actually never got to the point of get, actually getting them on. So this year, I've already sent out so many invitations. I'm so excited. And I, str- I think it was just last week I messaged and was like, do you want to be on the podcast? So it's so nice to have you here and actually get to talk to you. And we might as well make content out of it. <laughs> so I always think we're going to have a chat. So um, we're going to get to the post that prompted me to ask for that, which was a while ago. So what's lovely is we're going to be able to talk about that post, but also the journey Fleur's been on since she um, posted that. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. The first we'll say Flair is the founder of a number of successful and varied brands, it sounded like, if we include yeah. what's going on for you now. And now runs Do Real Work, which is an online co-working space. And am I right in saying, Flair, the doors are open now? Yeah, but only today. Oh, only today. Damn it. I was going to say we could try <laughs> It's okay. They now. go every three months. We go in sort of terms. Okay. People join it three months at a time. Okay, so they'll be, jo- so they'll be open again in like March? Yep, April. end of March for an April start. Okay. But there's loads of way people can connect. So we'd like to do loads of um, free content on Instagram. We're going on to YouTube. So they can still learn and connect, even mm-hmm. if they don't join. Nice. So yeah, do you want to, on that note, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? Thanks for having me, Ray. It's lovely to be here. So yeah, you're right. I have kind of got a very career. Basically, I worked in industry starting food companies for 15 years I had a couple of successful brands I sold a porridge brand called Grasshopper that I sold into Waitrose British Airways 
you're a star. And that was right back in the days before the sort of independent brand scene. So no Facebook, no Instagram, just giving out leaflets and sampling to people on the street. It was really amazing fun Mm. and quite an innocent time. That's how I would describe it compared to sort of Mm. now when you have, you know, you make one mistake and you get Mm. picked up and everything. It was, it was like, it was chaos, but it was lovely. And I did that with my sister. And then I had a craft beer company and sold that into the Ritz Hotel and Soho House and had swishy parties. And then I had a kid on my own and changed my career and started sort of wanting to do something closer to home. Went onto Instagram and really liked it last year. Tried a few different things on there. Then it was only in lockdown that I started Real Work. Yeah, it's a co-working space, an online co-working space. Mm. And I kind of accidentally created the product that I needed, really, because Mm. it's a way that women who are looking to work and earn on their own terms can come together, support each other, educate each other. It's lovely. Mm. How does it actually work? Are you online together working? It's a good question. It works in three ways. We have a Slack channel so that you can have on in the background while you're working. And it's really lively and people are in there all the time and it's divided into different channels. So you can jump on with a marketing question or say, I'm just writing this copy for my website. I'm going cross-eyed. Can anyone help me? So that's the sort of direct actual co-working. Then on Wednesdays, we do a Zoom workshop live at 9.30 and we get outside experts to train us on things. And also I've got an archive of online courses and old workshops that people can work through at their own pace. So if they need to go deeper on a subject, there's an archive of online courses, which I'm constantly adding to and everything. You pay to come in and then everything's free once you're in. Yeah, lovely. Such a good idea. I was on your website, obviously, just before we were chatting. And I was like, it's such a good plan. Do one. It's a really, it's a really, yeah. it's a really great idea. I mean, I've got friends who are doing them. We've got people who come into real work so that they can work out how to do their online memberships. Mm. Like coming together virtually and working virtually is a, is a big thing at the moment. It's lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And Slack is such a... So I know there is a real movement around Facebook. People are feeling a bit like edgy around Facebook. And I think Slack does a really nice job of, of what groups on Facebook can do. Because personally, I think that's the only good thing really about Facebook is the groups. But I think Slack does that with less distraction. You've got a bit more control over it because you're not losing yourself in your feed. I would say that in the pandemic, privacy, people, we have a privacy agreement when people come in. And I feel like it supports that feeling of privacy. In our professional lives, we do have to put on a good face, you know, oh, this is how I'm taking positive action. Yeah. But in real work, people do are able to share their failures and to say, actually, I've just lost my last client. What am I going to do? And get support around real stuff like that. And I think that being on Slack and not Facebook somehow makes, facilitates that. Mm, Yeah, I can see that, definitely. So the post that made me kind of, I think I shared it and then I loved, you voice noted me straight away, which is one of my favourite things because I have just lost the ability to type now. I just find, I just (laughs) want to speak. It's why, I don't know you, are you on Clubhouse yet? Have you seen... Clubhouse. I've resisted so far. I think you would love it. I really do. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> I'll just end up like the mad queen of hearts holding court in there. Yes. Surely. I think you would. And I think that's fine. I think we need <laughs> it in there. It's a very masculine space at the moment in a kind of 
it needs more women in there it really does because there's a lot of kind of as a few people said a lot of willy waggling going on and a lot of like not actual not dick pics but like a, just a lot of people going in and just showing off and comparing penises metaphorically speaking but what I was going to say is what I love about Clubhouse is it's all audio. So you're just speaking into mm. it. And there's that. And that's one of my favorite ways to communicate. But anyway, you posted a post and I looked it up. And luckily, because I shared it, I could actually find it really easily again. And it, the, it was a picture of you and it just said, will you hate me when I'm rich? And it was you talking about your aim to earn. And I'd be really interested. I don't know if you have you shared your numbers. Are you happy to share numbers? It's fine if you're not. About how much we're earning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fine. We're cool. transparent. Cool. So at the time you said, I'm going to, I'm aiming to earn a hundred grand this year, six figures. And when did it start? When did I start that? That was July, I think, that post. Okay. So by next July, did I say that? You said this year. So I'm guessing you meant in 2020. To be honest, Ray, <laughs> I haven't seen that slide since july <laughs> and even though it's a great conversation starter i must admit <laughs> i think i was um attention seeking <laughs> because i don't actually think in terms you know that whole six figure thing that doesn't yeah. even really cross my mind and i'm not actually driven by targets like that particularly mm. i think i was jumping on the bandwagon i think at that time there was a lot of stuff on instagram when they're saying i'm gonna earn this i'm gonna earn that so, um, right. I don't really, yeah, I don't really stand by that if I'm honest. I think <laughs> I probably forgot that the next day. I'm glad you shared it because I got more followers. Lovely. Um, yeah, I think uh, I have to admit, I think um, that was just a bit of showing off to see what happened. To be fair, the bulk of the post is about <laughs> was insightful. It's about, yes, yeah, brilliant. It's about beliefs that you were you were kind of noticing and changing. So my yeah, real... yeah, I have I have done work on yeah. um, how I feel about money and sort of becoming. Yeah, I definitely my big thing was I had a bit of a middle class embarrassment about talking about money. So that was kind of my thing to overcome. Mm. And I definitely have worked on that and sort of looked at that. But and... I'm, I wouldn't say that sort of pinning a number on the board and saying, right, I want to earn that much money. Otherwise, you know, I haven't passed my own test. Yes. It's not really my drive. And anyone who's actually in real work or has worked with me will know that because mm. the first thing I did when I earned a chunk of money with real work, I mean, it was kind of an overnight success and this big chunk of money came in. The first thing I did was just go and hire loads of people so that we could all enjoy it together and have a team and like collaborate because I really like learning stuff and working with other people. And yeah, yeah I don't, I, I'm not sure if that post reflects me. I, I was definitely aggressively, actively building an Instagram platform and um, was quite experimental. So if you look back on my feed, you'll see it's a bit schizophrenic. Like that. <laughs> I've settled into it now. I've found my voice. I've found out who I am, but it took a while. Yeah. And um, that sounds a bit tasty. It's not quite, <laughs> not well, quite how I am now. A tiny bit in there. And mostly what you're saying is, you say, here are a list of long-held beliefs that I've had to put down in order to earn more money. And for me, that's what's interesting. I'm not massively interested in somebody going, I earn 100K this week or I earn 100K this year. It's a bit rude, isn't it? I don't mind them saying it. I don't find it necessarily rude because I love talking about money. So I'll talk about it in any way I can. I talk about it <laughs> in the problem like socially because I think I'm always on Instagram and I'll just be like so how much are you earning and people are like Ray that's not what we say <laughs> but 
I want to know, well, what, what did you have to let go of in order for that to happen beliefs wise? Like, what did you do? Yeah. Like, what's the story behind that? Not just the, here's a big event, this happened. Um, yeah. I want to know what went, do you know what I really want to know? What went wrong? <laughs> I can I tell know. you, I can tell you that easily. Go. So I can tell you the, um, the circumstances mm. that colluded in order for this to happen for me professionally, mm. which was I had failed so big mm. out in the real world with a hundred male investors breathing down my neck, me needing to answer their phone calls when their name came up on my mobile phone and tell them I'd lost their money. You know, me needing to negotiate with factories who I couldn't pay or supermarkets whose deliveries didn't arrive on time. Mm. I'd really been out, you know, it had been quite intense and we'd had a lot of ups and downs. We walked away from a business that my sister's, um, that my sister's house had been, um, <clears throat> put as a guarantee on a bank loan. You know, we had, so when I arrived on Instagram a year, year and a half ago, I was kind of twice the age of the people listening to me mm. and had really been out and been kicked in the nuts a lot. Yeah. So I'm quite long in the tooth. I'm quite, I'm quite relaxed about failing mm. because, you know, I've let go of things or I've had things taken away from me so many times and I've come back with something else. Like I've had another idea that I have felt hope about and excited about. And so it's like faith grows. Yeah. Faith comes from you lose something and then you build something and then you lose something again. You think, well, last time I was able to build something. So yeah. maybe I'll be able to this time. Yeah. All of this, Ray, is caveated by the fact that my dad is a dentist mm. and has a big boat and a house and a garden and my mom prunes the roses. Mm. So even though I don't have my family paying money into my account, mm. I have a safety, a cashmere safety net. Yeah. So I have a home that I could go to and have people who would care and feed me for six months while I got on my feet. Yeah. And I haven't had to use that. Yeah. But I'm thinking a lot at the moment about the fact that just the fact that it exists means that I've been able to live a much more gambling, experimental, entrepreneurial life. I hear you. And so it's, it's important to mention that when we talk about don't be afraid of failing. It's like, yeah, well, when I fall off a cliff, there's someone to catch me. My mum will have arranged it and sent a packed lunch. I was going to say my mother-in-law would have already like there'd be a bulk shopping. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I do think and I think this is really important to say as well, that I work with a lot of women who hold that, that sort of privilege that you're talking about and find it very difficult to acknowledge it exists. So they feel incredibly unsafe if they allowed themselves to recognize that you do have a safety net, actually. Like our brains, because money is so obviously is tied to survival, our brains can go straight to, you will die if you don't make this money. Like this will, you will, like terrible things will happen. And if we actually just take a moment and do exactly what you've said, and I've done a similar thing where I kind of go, I would live with my in-laws it's not ideal. I like my in-laws. I might not if we live together. It might ruin things. <laughs> but you have somewhere to go. But I have somewhere to go. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge that for the sake of people that don't as well. And because we can't act like it's an equitable playing field. It isn't. But it's also important for those of us that do to acknowledge that and um, to make use of that privilege in yeah. terms of taking those risks, because then we can do what you did and hire loads of people. It's really nice to do that. Yeah. The other thing is that 
because I'd had some success in mm-hmm. my career and I'd won a few awards and been on Women's Hour and people had put me in magazines, failing kind of doesn't, it, 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 it's not like lemon juice in the cut. Like when you've, you know, when you're trying, you've got something to prove and you haven't proved it yet and you try something and you fail. There's yeah. nothing as painful as failing the first few times. Yes. But after you've had a few wins, mm. a fail after it just doesn't feel the same or look the same. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've, you've already had the world saying that you're someone. Yes. And so it's kind of easier to reframe it in your mind. So when I sort of started changing career, I really enjoyed Instagram. So I thought, oh, let's find out more about that. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll get do sponsored posts or maybe I'll sell online courses. And I had a dabble and launched a few things and they flopped. <laughs> some of them flopped. Some of them kind of made a little bit of money, but they, they didn't really work. And uh, like I had a couple of abject flops. <laughs> it's good to sort of say that, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, the good thing about it is, you know, you just carry on because no one's paying attention anyway. No one's yeah. listening to you anyway. Um, and... The main thing was I just got the data from that. I just, I, I think of it as just like, okay, wow, they didn't want to do it that way. Maybe they want to do it a different way. Maybe they want it like this. Maybe they want it like this. So it was like just pulling things out of my pocket saying, you're interested in this? How's that? Do you want that? And, um, you know, with coaching packages or this and that that you can sell. And then I'd actually been quite scathing about online memberships. If you scroll right back, I don't know if the post is on there. I might have been so embarrassed. I've took it down. When I first came onto Instagram, I, I really didn't know anything about the online world. Honestly, I'd really been living in a cave in the food industry. I'd really, I'd been in factories, you know, with wellies and hairnets on. And um, I looked at online memberships and I was like, oh, I don't like the look of that. Isn't that just making money off your friends? And I did a post about that, which various people found objectionable which is fair enough I think it was a little bit objectionable and uh, I really kind of didn't get it and then a year on having been a member of a couple and had a look around I thought actually I I can really see why people like this I thought well maybe I'll try my own and I went on to Instagram and said listen I'm going to do this membership thing it's a hundred quid a month join for three months not sure exactly what it's going to be let's collaborate let's work on it together I'll make it amazing and press this button if you want to join it didn't have a name it didn't have a sales page a landing page it didn't have a countdown timer Mm. (laughs) all of these things that you see it didn't have any of those things and fourteen thousand pounds was in the stripe account the next day nice and bearing in mind at the beginning of lockdown i'd had all these speaking events at the wing and all this stuff booked up they'd all been cancelled so i was at home with a five-year-old self-supporting with zero income Mm-hmm. Uh, there's in fact there's an IGTV of me just like going what the heck is going on and being yeah. quite tearful and just thinking I literally don't know how I'm going to manage this yeah. and then yeah sort of a couple of months later doing this thing and just getting this emphatic sort of yes from everyone yeah it just it felt great I mean and the other thing is again because I'm older and I've kind of been around the block a bit I know an opportunity when I see one right <laughs> It's just like, I'm not, I see that and I don't just think, oh yeah, I'm going to, there's 14 grand. I, I'm just going to go and buy a 10 grand sofa. And, you know, I, I was, I took it seriously. Mm. I had a few other things lined up that I cancelled. Yeah. I got my head in it. Mm. And, and my belief with these things is when there's an opportunity like that, 
just focus on making it the best product you can just iterate iterate improve 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 yeah. and so what's happened now is we're in third lockdown so we're opening doors again for the third term yeah. and it's tough out there it's tough for people to spend 100 quid a month on being in a membership program if we're not growing as fast as i'd like to mm. the reassurance i give myself is that the people on the inside the reviews are amazing it's life-changing you know people are saying you know this has saved my business i'm you know you know really really lovely wonderful things again which are all over instagram but so just concentrating on the matter at hand which is making the product so good that you have such great feedback that that's the kind of hot wind that drives upwards mm -hmm. not thinking right how can i how can i send out my sales emails at a different time so that people will click on it more and you know that stuff is part of it but not the main focus the main focus is on the product and the people and why you're doing it and how great it feels nothing is greater than just getting a voice message from someone saying oh my god i did it the way we talked about and it's really worked i'm so happy yeah. you know, this is gorgeous yeah absolutely and i think that's where we um we can so often get bogged down in the minutia of these like you know these these kind of marketing plans and this is the way you do it and all of that but really like you're that, saying yeah there's no trick to it like and i talk okay. about that a lot it's not that you're not just doing the writing the words in the right order yes to, to bamboozle people into buying it yeah 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 that. and what, what is it do you think about community because that's really what you're building there what is it about that in your experience that's so powerful in enabling people because obviously you're giving them that space to learn stuff but really you're giving them space to um they're i'm imagining a lot of them are earning more money because they're in your yes world. definitely what do you think it is about community that allows us to earn more money to be honest right i'm, I'm reluctant to sort of talk about the concept of community in general because i'm really new to it so mm. i'm learning i'm yeah. not an expert i think you want to ask that question to someone who's like had their head in it longer than me i can tell you what's working about our community yeah. and some of those things are happy accidents actually first of all it's quite expensive mm -hmm. and because of that people show up in it every day and get to know each other yeah so it's not a notice board where people dip in when they need something. Hi, I'm Ray and I'm looking for a virtual assistant. Oh, hi, Ray, I'm a virtual assistant and I cost this much. Yeah. It's like, if you post say, hi, I need a virtual assistant, they say, oh, Ray, you've decided to go for it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Does that mean that you got that gig last week that you were hoping for? They yeah. know you because they're in there. Yeah. So that is something that I noticed was magic. And that was just because I charged more. Yeah. The other thing I would say, when I launched it, if I'm honest, I expected that it was going to be me teaching people more. Yeah. And what happened again, just because of the type of people I attracted and maybe the cost of it, the people I've got in the room have all kinds of experience of their own. Yes. And so what happened is very quickly, they started teaching each other. Yeah. And so they'd ask something about a, que a question and I'd give an answer. And then someone would say, oh, actually, Fleur, that's changed now. It's not called that anymore. Mm. And, um, the, you know, the current thinking on this is that if you do this and this is what I tried and I was able to just pass the mic and say, wow, I'm going to learn off you. Let's all learn off you. You know more about this than me. Yeah. And so it's a democracy. Mm. It became democratic. It, it wasn't sort of like a, a guru mm. situation. It's yeah. very, very democratic. The other thing is, I don't really know why this has happened, but it has. There's a real 
warmth in the room so that people who have got deep experience and people who have just gone freelance for the first time and are earning 400 pounds a month they're all given equal sort of waiting in the room and everyone you know we say everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn yeah and that feels great it mm-hmm. feels really nice there's a big mixture of people's experience all kinds of different industries different mm-hmm. things mixture product and services and people respect each other's experience in a way that I really like mm, yeah I love that I love that and I love what you said and I don't know if this was thought through but certainly something I hear a lot from clients is I want to charge this amount of money but I don't have a solid plan yet so I shouldn't whereas yours you've said that you feel like it's reasonably expensive and yet at the beginning of it, it you sold it as an experiment by the sounds of things like I don't really know what's yeah, going to be. Yeah, yes and no I did sell it as an experiment but I was coming to it with like 15 years business experience under my belt. So if, you know, I can do a Q&A now with anyone phoning in, asking me any business question about any business model, mm-hmm. and I can have a, I'm, I'm relaxed about giving a, mm-hmm. an informed response from experience or just saying, oh, this is how it is in this industry. So that's why I was able to charge that price mm-hmm. right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. But I did, I, I sort of, laid it down I said listen don't calm don't pay look and then go on Twitter and say I joined Fleur Emery's membership <laughs> and it was shit yep yeah because I'm just not having it it's just like it belongs to all of us I've got energy resources I'm here I'm reinvesting the money that's in the tank what should we do how should we make it amazing yeah and I think people really took that to heart and people mm-hmm. really got involved and it feels like it belongs to all of us mm, I love that I think you'd read a number of books on community and find that everything you just said there is what the experts are saying about community great <laughs> that's really good I think that no, kind I of... don't have to read them yeah, exactly although I love a bit of reading and affirming what I know <laughs> when I go, oh, good. yeah I like reading books that tell me I'm right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but I, I think that democracy that kind of like you you're giving people space to be themselves and I think communities where it's very much like fit in with what I'm telling you or you aren't welcome and they exist all over the internet they just don't work for most people unless you happen to fit into that slot and and, but a lot of people come in and they won't and so I think yeah I think that sounds absolutely amazing Um, in terms of iterating and and launching before you're ready Mm. I think that I mean it doesn't apply to everything all industries but with an online type of business the pandemic has kind of given permission for that in a different way for sort of a low risk experimental Mm. beginnings that you can just fail and sweep under the carpet and then just carry on I think I definitely encourage people to do that in a way that I wouldn't have previously I would say yes absolutely yeah I mean I it's something I just had a chat with um, some of my masterminders yesterday about this just being like when I launch a course I have done spider diagrams as if I've revised for my GCFEs on each of the modules. That's pretty much it. And then I, I, I will think about it and I'll know, I'll know what I'm saying for each bit, but I've, I've just sketched out each module. And then before the course, like before the actual like workshop of the course, so I'll normally say, say plenty is like eight workshops, I think. I'll spend two hours writing the actual module, but the week before I'm gathering it in my head and I'm writing things as they come and I might be reading a book, but actually writing the thing 
And I know that I am very last minute on these things, but I find my best work just before, just before I do it. And I've had to really learn that that's all right. And not, doesn't mean I'm taking the mic. I'm further down the, the line than you. What would you I mean, think? I used to just, I used to, um, I just yeah, walk onto a stage, just give me the microphone. And as you're micing me up, say, what are we talking about? See, I love that. I'm more, I, yeah, like a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, the great thing about online courses, for me, I get the most connection and engagement when I make videos, when I just riff and I talk about my experience and what I think. Yeah. And then I take advantage of the episode notes or slides underneath to put, you know, the thing I refer to here is this, this is how you spell it. And there's four reasons, you know, so the detail of like fit, filling the gaps that I've left, yeah. I will do in the text, but I find having notes to teach from just turns me into a teacher. And I don't feel like that's how I am. In one of my, my last one, Michael, there was a spider in my ear and um, I was talking, I was going blah, 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 trying to set the phone. I was going, I think, I think there's a spider in my ear. And um, yeah, carried on, just removed it and carried on. And I'm kind of known for that now and everyone's down with it. It's just. But I think, you know, I think that sounds like you, I mean, I've never had a spider in my ear. I haven't had that happen. <laughs> but I did have my neighbor across there naked once when I was That's doing good. Yeah, and I was probably was like in the middle of course and I was like, I'm really sorry, I, I, I can't concentrate. <laughs> so this is the podcast, this is the podcast effect coming into teaching and the pandemic and I just think I like it for me I like it I'd much rather have someone who's human like that than have someone just really really slick in some kind of studio fake office setting with bright lights telling me things you know we're so jaded to that aren't we there's five things you need to know I'm going to tell you the five things it's just like oh shut up I know that, um, I don't know if you know, yeah. Denise, um, Denise Duffield-Thomas, who's a money, like she's very into manifesting stuff, she's a money coach, and she spent, I mean, she earns like millions a year, and she spent thousands, tens does of she though? She does. does, she does. How do you know, have you seen her bank account? I don't think she's shared that, but I've seen all of her Share accounts. the receipts, <laughs> um, I'm going to choose to believe her, because multiple book deals, all the evidence looks pretty good for her. Okay. But she um, she uh, recorded these really beautiful videos of her she had a, a version of her lounge made up not her actual house a tv set <laughs> all of this stuff and i don't think it was this the 2020 i think it was 2019 she had a baby that year i think and so she had these videos that were out but then she also did a few of her sat in her office with her headphones in just talking and the ones of her with no like set design just her probably in her pajamas i know she wears her pajamas a lot just sat there they got way more interaction. There you go. Because it was Times are changing. It's better. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that was pre-pandemic. So I think actually, mm. you know, we've now got people on Zoom on Graham Norton being interviewed, like on the news. They're just on a Zoom chat, just like this, like because we're doing this on Zoom on video for people who are listening on to the audio. And I think people really respond to it. It's how I've never known how to do it any other way. I'm not very good at being polished and doing the thing I meant to do. It was a problem working in actual work you know corporate work because I never fit in because I always end up coming out with something that I shouldn't have said on video it's an asset in my business it's an asset and I love that so you talked about the pandemic a bit there how and obviously what you've got in your product is a real like it fits the market right now really well 
was there any reticence? I'm gonna, I'm guessing you're gonna say no, but I know a lot of people feel reticence to starting a business or a product that fits the moment at the moment. I've heard so many people say, Am I taking advantage of what's going on? What are your thoughts no, on I that? I know myself, um, and I know, you know, I know my I know I'm not doing that. Yes. How do you know? Because I, you know, I, my story is that I was a drug addict. I went into recovery 20 years ago. I did lots of spiritual searching. I did lots of loads of therapy, you know, mm. all that stuff. I unpacked, everything got unpacked. Mm. And um, obviously I'm by no means perfect. I'm a work in progress and I have to tidy up as I go along. Mm. But I cleaned out the closet and I have a level of self-awareness so that I know I'm not messing with anyone. Mm. I know I'm not because of my feelings and, and what I'm responding to in the project. Yes. If someone says to me, oh, this isn't for me, I want my money back. I, I, I want to know that. I'm just like, oh gosh, I've really, why do we think that isn't right for you? Can we talk about that? Of course, have your money back. Can we talk about that? What is right for you? You know, what have we got that wrong? Mm-hmm. And when people love it and they send a message and they say, oh, thank goodness for this. And I've just had a meeting with Sarah, so I met in real work and it's great. It just absolutely makes my day. Yeah. So I know why I'm there and yeah. other people can have their reasons or views, but I, I know what I'm doing and I know it's a good thing. So, Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I think what you say there is so valuable because it's recognising that it's what it's your motivation. It's not, you know, what other people are going to think about what you're doing. It's checking in with you and, what, and knowing what is your reason you're doing it. And that's the Which is why that post that we started how we met is a bit disingenuous because if I say are you going to hate me when I read I don't really care yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely but that takes work doesn't it for most yeah, yeah it did. and just it's just growing up stuff you know it's yeah. not like so and some people have more of that than others some people yeah. but I'm 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 fairly self-aware now I would say and it's it's annoying but, but I've definitely got to that or getting to that stage it's not that it never bothers me but m- largely it doesn't if I'm causing harm to somebody emotionally because I'm putting my foot in it that's different exactly if I but, feel bad it's normally because I'm at fault in some way and I need to tweak it yeah and this is it the example I always use with my clients is often when we're hurt in that way or we're concerned in that way it's because we do believe there could be some truth in it exactly like if someone goes sort that out yeah yeah if someone's like ray your skin's blue i'm like that's a ridiculous thing to say no it isn't like it doesn't make any sense but if someone says something that i think might be right whole different story but yeah what i was going to say is and it's a bit like what you were talking about failure before and i always wish i didn't say i kind of don't want to say this but the way that i've got better with people not liking me is people not liking me like it's it's feeling you can't live any kind of activated meaningful life without getting some people up people's noses yeah i just don't think it's possible and especially if you're talking about money yeah exactly i mean just sas petherick who's a coach that i adore um said and i mentioned her i'm going to interview her i mentioned her. i might as well sponsor this from Sus Petherick because I'm always mentioning her but I had a session with her when I was going through a really tricky time a few years ago and I remember her saying to me like you have to decide Ray if you can pick up that person's hurt and make it your own and it was a real moment of like and I I take that with me through so much business stuff especially because people can react quite strongly to talking about money because it brings up 
you know, all sorts of things, you know, people whose parents have gone through a horrible divorce or that were, that were part of a custody battle or all sorts of like real, like, you know, or just not having enough money, not being able to eat, all sorts of things come up when we talk about money. And the decision is, and I think this is true for like, you know, people were getting messages at the beginning of the pandemic, people saying you shouldn't be selling right now. You shouldn't be doing this right now what about how people are feeling you're taking their money which i 100 am not on board with but that's their stuff the thing is when i take people's money i do it mindfully i mm. check that it's appropriate i know i don't oversell you mm. know other memberships are available i recommend them i recommend people to the Covent girl gang found and flourish yeah. m huckstep you know i have people on the phone talking to me one of them said oh you know i'm on universal credit at the moment i said well can i just stop you yeah up here there i'm not sure if this is gonna but you know other things are available do you think you might want to start there or start here if you're if you know if business isn't earning this amount of money yeah um so i'm really relaxed that i'm selling the right thing to the right people for the right price i'm also really relaxed that money's safe in my hands because i'm a good sharer so it's yeah. it's not like yeah I, I feel relaxed about the money flowing in because I trust myself in this sense of redistribution and taking care of my responsibilities and I don't waste money. One of the mindset things, which is interesting around that, which I did a post on, which is this kind of idea that somewhere women get the message that if they have money, they'll somehow waste it or fritter it or go wild. You know, they'll just go crazy in the Bowdoin catalogue and, you know, rack up rack up debts at La Redoute or whatever it is, you know, this kind of yeah. weird suburban fantasy. Yeah. And it's just, that's not, that's not what I see in other women. Like very rarely you'll get a woman who's unstable, had a bad time and has gets into debt on Foxy Bingo or something because they've had a shit life. But it's just like, does that still exist? I don't know. I don't know. Scares me though, Foxy Bingo. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. But generally that's not what I see. Generally, yeah. I yeah. see women who are capable, make their money go a long way, save up for things and are, and are pretty capable and organized. And I see myself like that. I trust myself. I So I want to play into my vision of myself, which is mm-hmm. someone who's capable and, and trustworthy. Yeah. So if you put 14 grand in my account, I don't just spaff it up the wall. I need to use the word spaff more. That's an amazing word. From, <laughs> from the poker scene. You know, I played poker for a living before I started uh-huh. my first business. Blair, you're like, yeah. is there going to be a book at some point? Because your life oh, is. People so say that, but I don't know. I don't. Do you know the partly the reason I've lived a great life is because I don't look back. Mm. Just keep looking forward, and I feel like if I sat down for a year and looked mm. back and talked about it all, I feel like I'd live in those places. And some yeah. of those murky like places that. in the '90s were a bit, you know. The other thing is, I really like language and words. So you know, I've got a good turn of phrase. I picked up some good words because I like them. And so I can make things funny, <laughs> but there's some things which really they weren't funny. Yeah, now, yeah. Actually, the poker thing was great. That was a great time in my life. And I met all kinds of interesting people mm. and um, had some great experiences. But yeah, there's there's quite a lot of stuff that happened before I cleaned up from drugs and alcohol, mm. which would make you gasp and clap if I told it a funny way. But it's pretty, you know, yeah, I think leave it there. I think yeah. leave it in the past. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, more adventures to come. 
So we've got a little bit more time. So what my other question for you before I go, I've got some quick fire questions right at the end. But before we get to those <laughs> is I'm obsessed with the Brené Brown podcast and I love that bit at the end when she does it. So I've just stolen it. Um, is as you've earned more money. Yeah. What has surprised you about having more money or earning, bringing in more money? It doesn't feel that different from when I earn less money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, because I'm quite good with money, my actual lifestyle, I've got, I've got Mila washing machine now. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, <laughs> there's <laughs> not much that's actually different. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I also hear that in terms of like when I earned my first thousand pound, I had my first thousand pound month. It was really exciting, but it became normal. And similarly, when I had my first £10,000 month, it was really exciting, but then it becomes normal. But that's the one thing that is good to talk about and watch, because if you're just focusing on the increase, yeah, you're just setting yourself up. Because then if you think, right, 10000 doesn't give me a buzz anymore. That doesn't ring my bell. I need it to be 15000 How do I do an extra 15, an extra five grand in sales this month? Well, it may be that your business, it doesn't support that level of growth unless you start chucking your values over the side Mm -hmm. and then what goes under the bus so that you can carry on increasing and then suddenly you're on a speedboat with philip green in monaco my god wearing um versace mink flip-flops ordering someone to (laughs) bring you lunch do that bit but without (laughs) philip green that's that's like that's the, the the an extreme I talk about him all the time. Me too. Yeah, it's awful. Um, But so, yeah, that's why that whole thing about keeping your eye on the 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 turnover, you know, the income isn't great. So let's move on to the uh, quick fire questions. How? At the end. So they're just a few questions. What is your favorite book you've read recently? Business, not business, whatever. Cookery book. So um, the act of Rupert Everett's memoir, ah. red carpets and other banana skins. I really recommend it. And on audiobook, it's lovely because he's got lovely diction. Mm. And he talks about doing movies with Madonna and his really aristocratic, crazy upbringing. And he's a brilliant writer, actually. Mm. It's really funny. It's really escapist. It's really easy to read. It's got, he's really indiscreet about famous people. Love a bit of that. Seriously. It's, I don't, I think it's out of print. Go on, go and find a copy. It's so mm. nice. It's really, really nice. It's properly great pandemic reading. Nice. Um, the impact of women making money is, finish that sentence. Well, the world won't be destroyed as quickly. <laughs> yep. Amen to that. Okay, this is probably my favourite question, somewhat off topic. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Literally one thing. Yeah, although, as I said to the person I I spoke to yesterday, I tend to go for a region. I'm always like, Mexican food. (laughs) (laughs) Thai food. So That's like three wishes and wishing for more wishes. (laughs) But yeah, so you could go for that or, yeah, one meal, a dish everyone's going to just tune off when they hit marmite it's got to be marmite <gasps> yes because marmite just makes anything okay makes any day okay a day without marmite is like a little death 
Yeah, I, do you know what? I had to stop getting Marmite because it's all I'll eat if I have it in the house. I'll just literally, so I love it so much. I don't understand yeah. why people don't like it. Okay, best bit of money or business advice you've received or can recall quickly? <laughs> One okay. um, yeah, I love this and I say this a lot. In terms of failure, when people fail or the other thing that's coming up a lot in my community at the moment on Instagram is a sense of disappointment amongst women business owners. So they've worked hard, birthing babies, looking after families, moving house, carving out time where they can do their thing to make money their way. And just as they've started to establish their businesses or their freelance lives, that's been taken away by the pandemic or homeschooling. And there's just this enormous disappointment or businesses that have failed because of whole industries being affected like food service you know hotels events and to those people I would say you are someone who has ideas and you will always have ideas yeah, yeah. and even though in when we face that disappointment and sense of failure that you know we look at what has been lost we think I tried my thing and now my thing is gone you will have another thing. It's just the law of entrepreneurship is how people are. Mm, yeah. People always have ideas. There's one of my favorite quotes and it's from a book that's trash. Is The book is terrible, but the quote is good. I can't remember what the book is now because I bought it and was like, oh my God, this is awful. When you say that, I'm thinking of like a, a, a sex, like um, ride as Julie Cooper. <laughs> it's terrible, but <laughs> there's this incredible bit when... <laughs> like self-published like white middle class okay businessman giving so don't classes. don't give him any don't don't no. give him any just but the quote. he says um in there that money's infinite because um, money's infinite because money comes from ideas and ideas are infinite so the idea that money like uh, ideas translate into money eventually <laughs> you're like no i don't agree losing me way <laughs> well it's kind of a reflection of what you said in that you yeah. know there will always be another idea and yeah, I, you will always come and, that, and that's special for those those people they're not regular people they're people if you know if you've come up with an idea and earn money from it yeah that means you know that you're the type that type of person and it is it's a talent it's a gift it's special it's a skill as well it shows that you do know how to make money yeah. and just because you are having I mean the pivot there was so much information about pivoting when it all came like started and that's great lots of people manage to pivot and I'm not against pivoting of course I'm not but for some people it's did this word even exist last year in friends on friends when you're putting up a sofa up the stairs it, oh. it but it's that kind of thing of like for some people they're dizzy from all the pivoting like we know as you said at the beginning I certainly experienced this when you're launching a business you try things and they don't work and yet when you need them to work because you're in panic because of a whole global yeah. shit show that's a lot of pressure on each of those things. So I love that, what you're saying, this idea that you will have another idea. And the quote that I like completely butchered is this idea that that's where the money comes from. We think it comes from selling and we think it comes from like doing things a certain way, but actually it comes from the idea. Initially. Yeah. And so what, what we're talking about there is when we get into panic and worry, um, we go into basically self-pity. And we close ourselves off from the outside, again, caveated with it's a lot easier to stay out of that zone if you've got a safe place to live. You know, I've got no mortgage. So great. You know, I can go, I can waft around and be inspired. But trying to find a way to 
take care of ourselves within what is possible so that we can carry on talking to people, listening, paying attention, communicating with the outside world. And that's where we see opportunities mm -hmm. that we can turn into businesses. Yes. You know, Absolutely. we have to be outward looking in order for those ideas to come. Yeah. It's very difficult to get a business idea when you're just stressed and tied up in a knot at home. And worrying. sometimes that means your best investment in your business is therapy or something to deal with the trauma that's meaning that you're going into that kind of pit of doom rather and sometimes that's better than an e-course or a coach or something like that because in a, the ability to actually look at things like that is like not to be underestimated at all cool well this was a joy thank you very much for chatting to me um do you want to let people know where they can find you yes on instagram do real dot work youtube we've just started youtubing do you know what we have got we've got a lovely um fortnightly newsletter nice. and it's edited by sarah arkel who's a real worker and she's a sort of newsletter whiz it's fortnightly it's like a little magazine that comes into your inbox and it's just all kinds of information supporting women who are looking to work and earn on their own terms also, another of our real workers, Annabel Buckland, is producing a real work podcast for us. Yeah. And we've got the, the pilots on um, Spotify. Mm -hmm. I chose the music. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say more than that. <laughs> Find it. It's really funny. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's going to be worth a follow. Nice. It's not going to be your average business podcast. Put it that way. Put it that way. Oh, I'm looking forward to listening to that. Always love yeah. that. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. And thank I hope you for having me. Your, your last day of your um, opening of doors to real yeah. world. It's nice and to have the new people in. Yeah. All right. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.